ushers in Palestinian state, catastrophe hits America, one of America's greatest times of need, Israel refuses help to America, Israel is attacked, America sends troops, chaos reigns as Americans protest help to Israel, then the fall of America will start with an internal revolution started by the communists, some of the people will start fighting against the government, the government will be busy with internal problems. Then from the oceans, Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, and Mexico, and two of the countries will attack and defeat America in one day, in one hour, so great riches will come to naught. Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Prophecy Club has been around uh, over 25 years now. We have had over 160 different speakers make pretty close to 400 different DVDs, and we have had some of the very best speakers in America talk on all kinds of topics, and I've got an amazing gift offer for you today. Since we have a lot of new listeners picked us up on YouTube, let me briefly explain what it is. I'm going to cover this quickly. We're going to get to the audio of the DVD. Then at the end, I'll explain more in detail what the offer is. Essentially, we got an amazing offer. Okay. Yeah, I'm calling it the occult holiday gift offer. As you know, some of our holidays in America are not exactly based upon Christianity, putting it lightly. So we've got five DVDs. That's right, five DVDs, four titles, valued at $140 today. We're offering them for a gift of $40 to the ministry. $40 will get you five DVDs, four titles. Here, are, here they are. What's wrong with Halloween? Occult Holidays Revealed, America's Occult Holidays, and Occult in Your Living Room, which is a double DVD. Now, I'll tell you more about them at the end of the broadcast. Today, we're going to be listening to Doc Marquis. This guy was raised in a cultic Illuminati family. He attained the rank of third-degree master witch. His family was in the Illuminati for seven generations, 189 years. That's seven generations. He says that Christmas is actually an ancient occult ceremony dedicated to the birthday of Tammuz. Easter's shifting date is determined by astrology. Halloween is the deadliest human holiday there is. And he explains all about bobbing for apples, trick-or-treat, jack-o'-lantern, and the Christmas tree. Let's go listen to Doc Marquis in America's Occult Holidays. Is straight from the occult. And if you don't want to believe me, Go to um, an occult bookstore or to a witch's shop or something like that. They'll explain this to you. If you don't want to believe me, ask them about why a rabbit. What's up with the spring goddess? What is with the name Easter? They'll tell you the truth about this. Especially if you try, if, especially if you um, try to get them um, to believe that you're interested in it. Be interested in for finding out the truth. Don't be interested in because you, you want to join. You know, but this has been going on and on and on for thousands of years. We have just simply taken all this and have Christianized it. For some reason, we as Christians have allowed this into the church. Now, I will tell you, the deception that the Bible warned us about would be very strong. It specifically stated that it would be so strong that if it was possible, it would deceive the very elect of God itself. And I think this is what we allowed to happen. You're being given the truth of what's going on in the occult and how these things became Americanized and Christianized. Once you've been given the entire information, you become responsible to God for it, don't you? Mm-hmm. 
Hosea stated, my people die for a lack of knowledge. How many of you are willing to not just live for Christ, but live for Christ as a responsible, sold-out servant of his? This is what you have to ask yourself. On this next holiday, which you commonly call Halloween, in the occult world, they call it Samhain. Now, when you look at the name, it looks as if it's saying Sam Hayen or something like that. No, 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 no. This is properly pronounced in the ancient Gaelic as Samhain. Samhain, according to occult tradition, was the Lord of the Dead. Now, around 900 BC, a very fierce nomadic people came into the areas of what used to be known as Gaul, Saxony, Brittany, we know it now as the British Isle, and of course it eventually went through Scotland Island and the rest of the surrounding areas. These people were known as the Celts. Now the Celtic people, they were so fierce and so barbaric that twice they held off the famous Roman legion and extracted heavy tribute from Rome itself. They literally held all power from 900 B.C. to approximately 900 A.D. in that area. The Celtic Lord of the Dead, Samhain, is just another name, Samhain, for Nimrod. You study all the myths, all the occult myths of Samhain. He is also a stag god. has horns just like the... um, stag god of the occult world that is so constant. But this particular time of the year, October 29th through the 31st, these those three days constitute what's known as Samhain. Everyone thinks Halloween is just a one-night thing, October 31st, but it is not. See, in the occult world, this is a three-day fire festival. It lasts from the 29th through the 31st. During the time when the Druid priest held power in Great Britain, now the Druids held all power. You couldn't get married without their, with their, with, yeah, without their permission. You couldn't hold any type of official title in the clan without their permission. You couldn't even attend any of their religious ceremonies without their permission. They literally held power over all life and death. And you are really going to find out how in this example. During the Nights of Samhain, the Druids would gather at these giant megalithic stone circles. One of the most common known stone circle is, of course, Stonehenge. Just about everyone has seen Stonehenge at one time or another, be it in picture or if they were actually there. Now, Stonehenge, as I said, it's a megalithic crop circle. Uh, yeah, megalithic crop circle. That's the UFOs. Wrong subject. But we could always get there. <laughs> this is a megalithic stone circle. It served three specific functions. First of all, it was a temple complex. Second of all, it served as an astrological observatory. Third, it served as a place of human sacrifice. Archaeologists have already unearthed Underneath Stonehenge, over 4,000 human skeletal remains. And that's just Stonehenge. There are hundreds of these throughout the British Isles. This one, believe it or not, is small compared to some of the others. The one in Avesbury is over a mile in circumference. This is just a small one. And there's over 4,000 dead human sacrifices underneath it. You multiply that by 
X amount of hundreds of these stone circles, and I think you'll understand what the Druids were all about and why they were so greatly feared by the common folk. During the time of Samhain, the Druids, in this example, they would meet at Stonehenge. They had a giant cauldron, a black pot, that they would fill with what you would best understand as an apple cider-like substance. They would light the pot, and then all the Druid priests would go out throughout the countryside. They would go to um, various mansions, to castles, to people of nobility such as the earls, marquises, dukes, what have you. They would walk up to the front door of these places, and you want to know what they would yell out? Trick-or-treat, exactly. Now, see, trick-or-treat is a two-part expression that literally sent waves and waves and waves of panic throughout the people who ever heard it. You see, if the Lord of the Manor cooperated with the um, Druids, he would take one of his own servants or one of his own household members, someone of his own family, and pass them over to the Druids to be used as a human sacrifice offering that night. The Druids would leave you a treat for your cooperation. They would take a pumpkin that was previously hollowed out and filled with human fat. They would leave it on the front doorstep and light it. This served as a water protection from all the demonic forces that would be unleashed that night. Now this is where we get into the trick. If you did not cooperate with the Druids, they would take blood from a dead um, body that they had actually been dragging around and paint the six-pointed star with a circle around it. This is known as a hexagram from the Latin hexer for six. This is the foulest, the most evil of all the symbols in the occult world. I don't care what anyone else tells you. You need that symbol if you're going to summon a demon to this plane of existence. The Druids would paint that in human blood on the people's front door. Someone would die between those nights because of the demonic forces that were summoned. Four or five hours later, the Druids would all return in this example, as I stated, back to Stonehenge. Once they got back to Stonehenge, they would take these people and put them in these cages. One particular cage is of um, great interest. They would take those wicker reeds. Remember how we had talked about those before, how the Easter egg landed in wicker? And it's a very, very durable material. What the Druids would do a week before Sauron began, they would send the Celtic um, warriors out throughout the countryside where they would gather up thousands of these wicker reeds. Once they brought them back, they formed a giant wicker man. The wicker man looked something similar to this. It stood approximately 25 to 30 feet in height and was just intercrossing wicker reed to where it formed the effigy of a human man. This would usually be two to three levels in height and have cages running throughout it. The druids, once they brought back all the, all the human sacrifice offerings from trick-or-treating, they would throw them into those cages and tie them. Now, if by some chance they ran out of space in the wicker man, they had these regular square cages made out of wicker that they had set aside just in case. Now, this is where the Druids now would have their version of fun. 
They would take approximately 12 prisoners, 12 people now, who were going to be used as human sacrifice offerings, and line them up in a single row in front of that cauldron. They would take an apple, throw it into the cauldron, and say, if you can take that in between your teeth on the first try, you will be set free immediately. Who would do that? Raise your hand. Who would try to grab that apple in between their teeth so that they could be set free? Who would do it? Raise your hand, please. There's only one problem, though. That cauldron has been boiling away for four to five hours now. The boiling temperature of liquid is 212 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, who would do it? No volunteers? You? You know you'd be the only one then who would, chance, who would have a chance of living. You see, if you didn't try for it, you were going to end up as a human sacrifice offering anyways. This was your only way out. Every single person there did take the chance, except with dire consequences, let's face it. After they plunged their heads into that boiling liquid, their faces, their neck, and I don't even know how much of their um, chest and back, literally was just melting to where they would be permanently disfigured and unrecognizable. Many of them went blind because of the 212-degree liquid that was burning their eye sockets away. Many end up as partially or permanently deaf because of the damage that was done to their ear canal and the damage that was done to their speech and to their respiratory system because all that liquid was funneling down their throats while they were trying to grab that apple. And yes, this is where you've got that cutesy little game bobbing for apples. Now, if you did grab that apple on the first try in between your teeth, they held to their promise. They let you go some life afterwards. But if you didn't do it, they would throw you on the ground and behead you right there on the spot. Samhain is the highest night of human sacrifice on the Illuminati's calendar. And the reason it is, is because this is, at this time of the year, what's known as a crossroad. It ends the old year and begins the new one. Now, all crossroads in the occult are sacred. Um, another example would be where the beach begins and uh, where the beach ends and the ocean begins. That's a crossroad. That's considered a sacred spot. All crossroads are sacred. Now, during this time of the year, it is believed that those souls that had, over, that had died from who knows how long ago, because the um, veil that's separating the third and fourth dimension are supposed to be at their thinnest, those departed souls can cross over and visit their loved ones for the night. But nothing guaranteed that these spirits would be um, benevolent. In order to keep these spirits in line, the Druids came up with these hideous masks and decorated their robes with all types of occult symbols to control these demonic spirits, if you would. And you know, this is where you get your um, costumes for trick-or-treating from. Let's face it, it comes straight with a mask and the outfit to this very day. And yet, we've allowed this into the church. I mean, be honest, people, before God right now, be honest. How many of you have ever gone to a Halloween party at a local church? Raise your hand. Be honest here. There's nothing wrong with it, I mean, as far as being honest goes. Now, the thing is, and I'm going to hear so much for what I'm about to say, but then again, let's face it, a lot of times the truth just isn't popular. Those people who go to a Christian church and have a Halloween party, they're open hypocrites. That's exactly what they are. 
And that's a tough thing for a lot of people to swallow. Because this is a fun thing. This is supposed to be nothing but fun. And yet, you know, there's actually a group that's actually worse than that. Many of the Celtic people, those in the tribes and the various clans, could not attend the Samhain festival and a lot of these religious holidays because of the distance that they lived away from these temple complexes. What they did, they would hold the exact same ceremony, except the Druid priests weren't able to um, preside over it. Instead of calling it Samhain, those Celtic warriors called it a harvest festival. Now, how many of us have ever gone to a church where there had been a harvest festival. Mm-hmm. Those people doing the harvest festival, they're the closet hypocrites. I mean, bad enough being open about it, but being a closet hypocrite about it, I mean, really. But that's exactly what's going on. We've given it this wonderful Christian air. We've even gone so far as to tell the kids, it's okay if you wear a costume that has Moses or Ruth or Mary or whoever. It is not all right. When the Bible said, learn not to do the way of the heathen, do you think God was just taking up space? We have got to make up our minds one way or the other to commit ourselves for Christ or not to. Those are the only two choices we have. Because when you look at the um, third chapter of the book of Revelation, it talks about a curse that's upon our church age, and that's known as the Laodicean church age. The Laodicean Christians, for the most part, are just lukewarm at best. And those are fence walkers. A fence walker is just walking the mark, and he's not committing one way or the other. How can God bless a person who won't make up his mind one way or the other? This is what it comes down to. And didn't Hosea himself say that my people die for a lack of knowledge? Well, I think we're getting a fair amount of knowledge right now, but the question is, what are you going to do with it? This is what you have to ask yourselves. And, and, I, and as I said before, this is not a popular topic of discussion. Let's face it. How many of us have gone out, we've celebrated Christmas, we've gone Easter egg hunting, many of us. Halloween, harvest festivals, and trust me, I'm not done yet. But this is popular stuff. But since when did Christ tell us we're here for popularity points? We're not here for that reason. We're here for one and only one purpose, and that's to fulfill the Great Commission, to go out there, preach the gospel of salvation, and get these people saved. But how is that going to be possible if our own houses need to be cleaned up? We want God to shed his blessings from on high. We want God to use us. How can we honestly expect God to do that if we're doing the exact same same thing the heathens are doing? In the occult world, nothing has changed. And this is more than 5,000 years old. And if my pastor, Bruce Wilson, was here right now, he would be looking at me and wondering what's getting into me. See, I, 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 have a death, I have a deadly fear that one of these days, God may call me into you know, the ministry to become a preacher. No, no. My gift is in teaching, and I'm just praying God never does that to me. Don't get me wrong. There's, I, I, preachers are some of the nicest people on God's earth. You should make a friend of them. You know, but it just isn't my gift. It really isn't. But the truth is, really, how are we ever, ever going to be used of God if we don't clean up our own houses first? There is just so much that we 
and again, here I go, people, <laughs> that we would love to blame other people for doing. Oh, do you see what that person has done? Oh, don't go near, my children can't play with that girl because her parents or her does this and that. I think we should start pointing the finger here first. Christ said, don't worry about the little sliver or the moat that is in their eyes. Worry about the four by four that is in yours right now. Then you'll be able to see spiritually to help them. Now what could possibly be so harmful or occultic about St. Valentine's Day? It's a day set aside for lovers, isn't it? That's what it's known as. It's the holidays of lovers, correct? If you recall, remember how I told you, Nimrod, Semiramis, and Temuz, they were the first family of the occult. The occult beliefs did not change. All that happened when it went to the next culture, just the names changed. The beliefs remained the same. If you go back, you can, tr- you can actually trace all this stuff. Now, with Valentine's Day, notice how this is exactly 13 days after the human night sacrifice of Imbolg. This is nothing but a complete camouflage for an ancient um, fertility ritual. Now, how many of us have seen this cute little boy before? It's a little difficult to see, but... This is Cupid throwing an arrow at um, his victim known as Psyche. He, see, Cupid, according to all the legends, he was not um, a bare-bottomed little cherub just shooting arrows. He was a troublemaker. He got in trouble with the gods themselves. You know? And he himself, as I said it, boy, did he get into a lot of trouble, but Cupid... If you check this very carefully, according to the legends, was the son of Venus. Originally, his name was Tammuz. Remember, he's the son of Semiramis. Venus, originally, is the daughter of Jupiter. Well, Semiramis was the wife of Nimrod. Now, this here is the famous rendition that's known as the Venus de Milo. It was found in Milo, Italy. This is um, the fertility goddess. This is um, the Bebrujaha, what um, St. Valentine's Day is also about. It is nothing but the reenactment, as I stated, of the ancient fertility um, rites. Because, continuing on, you find out, Jupiter himself, according to all the um, myths, was the head god of the pantheon. He was the sun god. Nimrod of Babylon was declared to be the sun god. And if you notice, once it got into Egypt, what was Ra known as? The sun god. It didn't change. Only the names did. That's it. And during this festival of Valentine, there would be a lot of drunkenness going on. There would be sexual orgies going on. And the two most famous sacrifices that people would bring to the temple to the goddess with sweets such as candies and spring flowers. And isn't that what we're doing to this very day? How many of those candy stores are making a killing, let alone the floral shops? This is the exact um, recreation of that ancient fertility ritual. And mind you, back then they had a symbol 
that they used for this ceremony, and it was the human heart. You, you, the reason it was the heart was because the heart represented the seat of all emotions, including love. And to this very day, we will reenact this ancient occult ceremony, and we won't even think twice about it. Now, this one is one of my favorites. Groundhog's Day. What could be so occultic or harmful about a groundhog? Well, first of all, Groundhog is celebrated on the night of what's known as Imbolgan the Occult. It's a night of human sacrifice. But did you know that the Groundhog has great metaphysical powers? He can divine the future. You take this creature, you hold him up in the air, you look down, if his shadow is there, you're going to have a long winter. Well, if you're still holding him up there and you look down, there's no shadow. He's your friend now because you're going to have a short winter. This cute little fellow that they're constantly using every year that you see on TV, that's Punk Satani Phil. Punk Satani Phil has the ability to, to tell not only the future, but the weather better than the weatherman. Anyways, oh, by the way, how many of you had ever seen that movie, Groundhog's Day? You want to talk about reincarnation and what it's all about? Anyway, the groundhog itself is a perfect representation of the spring goddess. We're going to do a comparison in a minute. But over here, we see a young maiden, a mature um, woman, and an old lady. These, these three ladies represent the three stages of the earth mother's life. She comes in as a young maiden. May 1st, she matures into the Earth Mother, and around October, she um, goes into what's known as the Old Crone. This is what's known as the Maid, the Mother, and the Crone. This represents the three facets of the Earth Mother. Now, when we take a look at the Groundhog and compare it to the Earth Mother, you're going to find that there is no difference. You see, the Earth Goddess... When her time is over and the stag god comes in, she goes into the earth and sleeps until the spring. Isn't this what the groundhog does? He goes into the earth and he hibernates. The earth goddess is sleeping in between. I'm going to interrupt right there. Now I'm going to tell you a little bit more in depth about these five DVDs, four titles that we're offering. All of them valued at $140 available for a gift of just $40 at prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com. Okay, the first one. What's wrong with Halloween? Dr. Jack Clooney, ranking authority on Satanism, witchcraft, white supremacy, all sorts of things. Worked with the FBI, CIA, OSI, Border Patrol, expert on it. Occult Holidays Revealed, Stephen Dollins, ex-Satanist, high priest, Church of Satan, reveals origins behind Christmas, Easter, Halloween. He explains things in an amazing way. And then the one you've been listening to, America's Occult Holidays. And then one you haven't heard, one of the most popular DVDs, double DVD called Occult in Your Living Room. Stephen Dollins shows you things in your living room that will shock you to find out that they're actually occultic, like the rabbit's foot. A troll doll, Teletubbies, Pokemon, all kinds of things you wouldn't even believe. I would say that he could walk through almost any Christian's home and shock you by what you have in your home that's actually a cult. 
opens doors for demons to come in. Do you have trouble sleeping at night? That's right. One of these DVDs might set you free. All five DVDs, four titles, valued at $140 for a gift of just $40 at prophecyclub.com. That's prophecy, and you spell prophecy with a C. That's prophecyclub.com. The Occult Holiday Gift Offer, Occult Holiday Gift Offer, prophecyclub.com. Five DVDs, four titles, valued at $140 today, a gift of just $40. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your gifts of support. God bless. Now from the Prophecy Club, some exciting opportunities for you. Go visit WatchProphecyClub.com, where you can watch over 160 Prophecy Club titles for an introductory monthly recurring subscription of just $20 a month, or a yearly subscription for $200. The early $200 subscription is the best deal because it locks in your rate against increases in monthly subscriptions. That's WatchProphecyClub.com. You'll love the format. It's easy to watch, and the quality is great. WatchProphecyClub.com. Watch prophecyclub.com. Go check it out today.